right? Say you're at work and uh, something unfortunate or untoward happens and you need some legal representation to, uh, to assert your rights in that situation, whether a boss mistreated you, you were fired unfairly, uh, or, or, or something worse happens. Ben, in the District of Columbia and Northern Virginia, you know who to call, right? Yeah, you call the Ehrlich Law Office because you have rights. That's right. And your rights matter. And you deserve to be free from harassment. And you deserve to work. The Ehrlich Law Office handles workplace discrimination. They do civil rights. Uh, If you have a wage theft issue, they are there for you. If you have uh, a separation from your employer that you want to to get down on paper and you're dealing with a a non-compete clause or or something to to that effect if you uh if you feel like your civil rights have been violated by a local government call the ehrlich law office uh if you want a free consultation tell them we sent you go to ehrlichlawoffice.com slash filibuster Hey, hey, welcome into Filibuster, the Black and Red United podcast. We are now in the second episode of this week. And uh, despite all the good news we got to talk about last week or in in the last episode, uh, the last home game at Audi Field was a lot more unfortunate in a lot of ways. Uh, I'm referring right now, especially off the field. Um, Specifically, a female DC United supporter was attacked verbally and with beers thrown at her by other DC United supporters. And uh, it's a situation that's unacceptable. And unfortunately, it was not the first time actions to make the section unwelcoming have happened in Audi Field or DC United history. Um, and, And the hosts of this show are very close with a supporter who was called racial slurs and essentially forced out of the supporter section by other DC United supporters. And uh, that that kind of stuff can't stand. And that's why I'm really happy to be introducing the four people who are our guests tonight. Um, they are the founders of the Roserum Collective, a new DC United and Washington Spirit supporters group for people of color. We're really happy to have them here. So uh, Aaron, welcome to the show. Sarah Kalassi, welcome to the show. Douglas Reyes-Seron, welcome to the show. Riss, welcome to the show. We're really glad to have you. Uh, just to start things off, uh, walk us through the, the impetus for, for Rose Room Collective. Um, how did you all get together? How did it get started? I guess I'll start this off. Aaron and I had been talking about this idea, I think, going back to 2018. Like At one point, he had a concept for a different entity, and that idea just kind of kept sitting in our minds. And after meeting other supporters across the country and then seeing what's been going on with the scene here, we thought, why not take a swing at this? And then over time, I had met folks like Sarah and Riss, so we looped them in. We looped them, ugh, sorry, we looped them into our wild idea of creating the supporter group. And uh, that's where things started coming together. If someone else wants to take that baton. <laughs> yeah. The, no, yeah. I mean, we, we had talked about the idea for a while. You know, we both, Douglas and I have been DC United fans for, you know, forever. Um, and we've been going to games since we were kids. So it's not like we're not, you know, accustomed to what, 
you know, the supporter section is like or what the rowdiness can be like. Um, and it's also not like we haven't been a part of those groups either. Um, but I think we both saw especially like a dissatisfaction with a lot of fans of color um, and, you know, female fans. And it's just, I don't know, it just kind of got to the point where it's just like something needs to to change. Um, and fortunately, uh, Doogie kind of knew <laughs> the steps to make it a reality. So he kind of took it on our two other amazing uh, founders. Um, my first question is, what do you all think that the uh, team needs to do structure-wise to make the game day experience better. I don't want to get into the weeds about uh, uh, other supporters groups or anything like that. Uh, but the team, as the, the the structure that we're all here to here to see, uh, and the overseers at the end of the day, what 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 do y'all think that they need to do to make the game day experience better? And is there anything that they can institute, like an umbrella organization, or what, what do y'all uh, think would uh, would be a good good steps from the team. I have plenty of opinions, but I don't know if we want to leave that to the other three before I go. <laughs> go ahead, kick it out. <laughs> hey, you can take it, Doogie. Um, in terms of what the team can do, I think just, sorry, I'm like gathering a few thoughts here. I think ha- making sure that they're looped in a little more closely with supporters as opposed to being completely hands-off the way they've been the last number of years would be pretty meaningful. Um, I know in the past, historically, they've been very hands-off, let the supporters do whatever, but I think it might need to take a little more cooperation, a little more leaning in from the FO in order to get this cooperation facilitated. I see what happens in other cities, for example, and I'm noticing there's a very particular line they do walk between working with groups to help improve the game day experience, but making sure that they're not stepping on their toes and kind of putting at risk the notion of an independent supporter, which I know is a very careful line a lot of groups get are very sensitive but i think dc is capable of doing that i think it requires a little more of a hands-on approach as opposed to the past where it was completely hands-off and well now look where we're at so first of all i just wanted to say thank you all for having us on the show it's good to see friendly faces even though whoever's listening to this cannot see anyone's friendly face but definitely just to kind of follow up on what doug was saying there is that fine line that the organization does have to walk and it is good to see quite a bit of change and receptiveness from the front office but it really does come down to zero tolerance for any sort of discriminatory or harassing behavior in or around the stadium and unfortunately i think in the past mls as a whole has not been the best with dealing with that sort of thing. We saw a lot of incidences with NYCFC and folks that had been behaving in a really horrific manner, still permitted to purchase tickets, still permitted to attend matches and jeopardize the safety of others and just make it an unwelcoming place to be. And the line was, hey, you know, we can't police everything, but there definitely has to be a more hands-on approach. Yeah, I mean, I am not a longtime DC United supporter, so I can't really attest to, you know, the game day experience. But just from seeing a lot of things on Twitter and especially stuff that happened in the last couple of weeks, it seems very hands off and it kind of needs to not be because now we're dealing with things like 
this and it's not okay. And it's like Sarah said, it needs to be a zero tolerance policy. I mean, unfortunately, yeah. in, in the past couple of weeks, across the board of organizations in the DC area, we've kind of been playing the like, what horrific can happen at a soccer match bingo card. We've had racial incidences, misogynistic incidences, homophobic incidences, it, all the things that you just definitely do not want to see and that are not welcoming. But I was really happy to see that DC United at least started to make the effort to respond to this. So we'll see where that goes. Yeah, and I was just going to add, I mean, I think across the board in sports as a whole, we're starting to kind of see people really not knowing how to come back into a stadium, (laughs) Uh, whether it's like, you know, in the NBA and popcorn getting thrown at people or people even being spat at, or in our case, you know, beer being thrown, you know, onto the field, Um, you know, just seeing the team kind of take charge of that and say, I mean, like, you know, Sarah and Riss and do your saying just a zero tolerance policy to it um, to make sure that only we as fans are safe, but also make sure that the players are safe as well and that it's an environment where we all can, you know, have fun and enjoy the game that we love to watch. I, I, I think the main question that I wanted to make sure I was asking tonight is um, Roseroom Collective being a supporters group aimed for people of color. Um, I think a lot of people listening to this podcast are probably white fans who mean well um, and think, you know, I've got these good intentions and I want to do the best for the people around me, but they might not, you know, they might not be aware of the mistakes they make from time to time. Um, And I wanted to maybe ask what are some of the more common ones so that people listening to this might realize, oh, I've been doing that. I need to, you know, cut that out. Um, that they might not even realize what they've done as wrong because, you know, like I said, they're trying, but they might not really realize what's a good thing to do and what's actually not really very helpful at all. That's a really great question and statement, Jason. And I always, I like to approach things from almost everyone has good intentions. People are generally good, are well-meaning, and we're all works in progress, right? And you can't do better until you know better. And so what I would say is once you know better, do better. If someone tells you, hey, you know, you said something or you did something and it really, it rubbed me the wrong way or, hey, like that was racist, man. And maybe you don't know that, but now you know better. So you do better. And instead of dismissing or saying, well, you know, I say this all the time or, hey, this is just a chant, you acknowledge and you internalize that and then you do the right thing. And I know at Roseroom, we definitely welcome allies. We welcome conversation. Yes, we're holding space for people of color and providing a space for certain conversations, but we're also welcoming the community to come in and learn and to be with us. It's not an exclusionary thing at all. I would say in terms of what can be done better from people that are listening to this, I mean, it comes down to listen to us when we flag something as a big deal or problematic and don't dismiss it and see about bringing in new faces and voices into these scenes. Cause I think one of the classic issues I saw that led to the creation of Rosen was that like, for example, a lot of these supporter groups have the same people at the helm for an eternity now. And it's a very, very white leadership scene. And I was realizing myself, like, 
they've never really made that effort to, they might say that they're diverse and they're inclusive. But when I look at that leadership, I'm like, no, <laughs> I don't see that at all. Um, and I've tried thinking about ideas and that stuff and it kind of falls on deaf ears. So we made this entity. And I'm glad you did. Um, because I, I agree that you can't look at the leadership of the established groups and say anything, but it's, it's very white and very male. Um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm really glad to see you guys organizing in the Chico stand and, and outside of it as well. Um, I, I wanted to ask how the reception has been with the team and with, uh, other supporters. So we have run, um, kind of the whole spectrum from very, um, very excited, very kind of welcoming stances like yours and at the club. And we have also heard that we are a discriminatory organization and that we are creating more divisions. So I, th I think it's been somewhat of a mixed bag, mostly positive. But if we could clear the air, it's definitely we, we want to include allies and we want to have a conversation. But the only way to do that is to create a space where people of color feel comfortable and feel heard. So... I guess my other question is, what kind of atmosphere do y'all want to create in the stands? What kind of uh, goals are y'all uh, feeling for what your section is going to bring? Because all of the supporters groups have, I feel like, a little different flavor about what they bring to game day. What do y'all want to bring? I mean, obviously, the inclusion part is a huge thing, but do you have some uh, uh, game day vibes that you're thinking about bringing? Well, I told Douglas the other day that I almost bought a set of go-go drums for when we're in the in the stand. Yeah. <laughs> so that might have to happen. But um, no, I think right now it's just been really hard to pin down what exactly we want to do. I mean, because, yeah, COVID in this whole parallelogram, obviously, things right? have been wild. <laughs> um, yeah, COVID just kept us kind of you know out of the loop. So it's it's nice to like we're all getting back into the flow of things and getting back into the stadium. So. I think that'll figure itself out a little bit more. Um, but really, I think we want to get everyone's kind of opinion about what that experience is going to be like. Um, just because, you know, for so long, there has been this kind of standard for what it is. So if we want to move it forward and change things up, we need to listen to, to everybody about what they kind of want that experience to be like. Um, so as of right now, a lot of our focus has been off the field uh, stuff. But... Uh, we'll get there. We're excited to get there. Great. Awesome. I would hey, add hey. on to what Aaron said. Would like a safe game day experience for everyone. Yeah, definitely. I think one thing that had come to mind was also, I think this is a, broad, a broader part of this whole situation, is that for all that supporters and other folks demand out of the club and the players, I feel like all of our, all the supporter groups here need to also take a moment to hear what the public is saying and hear what media is saying and see, hey, maybe there's stuff we should be doing on our end to hold up our end. Of the we may all yell at the team to do things differently. I feel like the supporter groups can also take a stand at that same kind of medicine and feedback and adjust with those times as we go forward. Absolutely. Oh, any go ahead, Adam. If you got something, go ahead. Uh, I was going to, I was going to start winding down with a, a last okay. question, but uh, if you oh, have something. I mean, my, my one other question, this is kind of uh, indulgent because I also have a different podcast uh, and this supporters group happens to intentionally kind of branch over to the spirit side of things as well. And that's kind of, that's not very common. Uh, we don't have that 
not just here, but like not really anywhere else. Um, you know, the in Portland, there's a situation where it's the same organization uh, running both teams. This is a different thing where it's two separate teams that are not connected other than they share stadiums or at least stadium singular at, at this point in time. Um, so I'm curious about that aspect of um, what you're looking to do, because that is kind of, it, they are very different dynamics. Um, the atmosphere at a Spirit game is a massively different one from a DC United game. So I'm very curious what your thoughts are on that aspect of specifically Rose Room Collective, you know, kind of being on, I don't want to say two sides of the fence, because I, I would rather that fence wasn't there. Um, but, you know, maybe two feet, uh, one foot on either side of the line. But that also sounds divisive. So I don't know. It's a bad metaphor I'm finishing with. Ooh, I, I, swear, I always, or no, Aaron, go ahead. I always no, feel like I talk too much because I can talk for days. Um, no, yeah, I want someone else to go. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've been talking a lot, too. Um, Riss. Yeah, Riss, you take a swing at it because oh, you've been kind of quiet. Okay. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think it's it's kind of hard to be a supporter, for me at least on the on the fence because I am big spirit fan and I'm kind of getting my foot back in the door with DC United um but for me I feel like because it's such a different atmosphere because they're they are two separate entities it's kind of like a their relationship is there but it's not really existent and for me personally I feel like if they're going to be playing at Audi Field or playing at Segra uh maybe make that relationship a little bit more existent and i don't know if that's something that's being held back on the dc side or if it's a spirit thing or if it's just both but make it look like you like each other i mean it seems like dc united is doing a pretty bad job of liking the spirit right now they're not being good landlords that's for sure um i knew for us we we got this going because when aaron and i kicked around the idea we were both Spirit and DC United fans. We just thought we should do this. And one of the, my favorite entities out there who I'm friends with is, so there's one other supporter group that kind of rolls this way, which is Black Fires out in Chicago. Shout out to those guys. They're both a Chicago Fire and Chicago Red Stars crew. Who were, And when I talked to them, it was an interesting model. So I thought, you know, if one crew is, can do it, why can't us? And especially for these two teams in the Spirit and United. So two more questions before we get you out. Uh, I, I've read up on, on the group and your founding and the inspiration for the name, but for people who, who aren't familiar with the Rose Room, why, why Rose Room Collective? You gotta take this one. Um, (laughs) when we came up with the name, we looked at different DC cultural icons. We landed on Duke Ellington and then in parsing through his entire history, his, uh, song history and discography, everything, the song Rose Room came up and it just felt like the perfect song the perfect name for what we were trying to go for and it just kind of fell into place like that yeah and we had uh, a couple other names <laughs> um and some other like logo mock-ups and everything so i'm, I'm glad we ended landed on rose room collective because some of the other ones were a little uh half-baked but <laughs> do, yeah. do, oh, can you can you give us a little of what those might have been i'll give you one was anacostia 90s um okay. which we kind of we we Ex- did a lot of like, like more extensive like like coming up with a logo coming up with kind of what the look would be like um but i know doogie came up with the idea with duke ellington really being the inspiration um and we kind of just rolled with it and everything just fell into place so it, it works and kind if, 
anyone doesn't know, Aaron is the tremendous artist that created our logo and no. designed all a, of the merch we have for sale. And he's just tremendously talented anyway. So you should definitely check out his stuff. It, it's it's just off camera. I actually have two prints of his on the wall directly behind my screen right now. So I, I got them for Christmas for my wife and she loved them. So I think oh, I, you're going to make me blush at 1045 <laughs> at night. <laughs> uh, anything else you guys want to make sure our listeners take away from this conversation? I I think, I mean, I know we're pretty active about talking about it on, on Twitter and our other, other social media platforms. But I mean, other than the on the field and organizational changes that we want to see, I mean, we're very much um, trying to be out in the community, pushing to, you know, help our community grow in a lot of different ways. So, you know, we have a lot of initiatives that we want to work on or are going to announce soon. Um, and yeah, I mean, and I think like Sarah said earlier, we really welcome everyone to take part in that because it is such a group um, kind of initiative to, to work in order to create a more like greater environment for all of us. Yeah, none of us can do this alone. And if you have privilege, use your voice. If you see something that's not okay, speak up. If you see something that is okay, praise it, get it to continue. And I know one of those initiatives that Aaron mentioned is the Rose Room Photography Collective. So I just wanted to shout that out. If uh, if you're listening to this and you're a photographer, uh, you're a person of color, look them up because they've, they've got something that you might find really interesting. Uh, Aaron, Doug, Sarah, Riss, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, I, I really appreciate it. I know Ben and Jason do as well. Uh, could you tell our listeners where they can find you online? Our group's account goes by at Rose Room Co. And the website is just roseroomcollective.com. Copy that. Good deal. Uh, thank you guys again. Find us, of course, at blackandredunited.com, uh, at filibusterdcu, at blackandredu on Twitter. Um, that does it for, for this episode. Thanking the, the Rose Room Collective one more time for Jason and Ben. I'm Adam, and we'll talk to you again real soon. Say goodbye, Jason. Once again, King Kazu. Thank you.